Welcome to Your Family Dog, a podcast dedicated to helping families love living with dogs. Hi, welcome back to Your Family Dog. I'm Julie Fudge-Smith, and I'm here with Tina Spring, and we are absolutely delighted to the core of our beings to have Colleen Pilar join us. And it's, yes, it's been way too long since Colleen has made an appearance on Your Family Dog, so we are delighted to have her back. And she's going to talk with us about whether you should get a puppy or whether you should get an adult dog when you're acquiring a a new uh, member of the family. But what's interesting is um, a little story that Tina was telling just before we started to record. And Colleen says we should be recording. And I said, I agree. So what we want is for Tina to tell us the story she was telling us about puppies. So Tina, there you go. And then we'll talk about whether or not this was a good idea for these people. So so all of a sudden, I have this like basket full of people in their late 70s, 80s, and one couple in their early 90s who have gotten baby golden retrievers. <laughs> and of course, it's COVID, yeah. right? So they they can't, we're not like, you can't do doggy daycare. You can't have a pet sitter. You can't have a dog walker. You can't, you, you can't. I'm like, really, really, we needed puppies. And I mean, we're making it work, but oh, some people like to do things the hard way. Yeah. Mm. And it, yeah, it's ill-advised. It's ill-advised. And I found, I've, I had a, a couple of clients last year, um, even before COVID, who had, um, they got Labrador puppies, not a whole lot less energy than a golden retriever puppy. And the same kind of thing that, that you are, you're 80 something. Do you really, are you going to be around for 10 years for the life of this dog? That's one of my concerns. And can you really handle the way this, this puppy moves and, and pulls you down the street? And, um, maybe this, this was, um, perhaps not the best idea. So Colleen, do you have, you're going to weigh in on this. And I will say I've got that beat. In 2018, I had a couple. She was 87. He was a sprightly 93. They had two. Puppies. We we returned those puppies from whence they came, but <laughs> it 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 took a like they came in cut to ribbons, and I was just like, okay, this isn't. And the, the puppies were gifts from their children. Do their children hate them? Well, I wondered if there was going to be a big inheritance, maybe. Because this, I was just like, the woman was cried when I said, this is completely inappropriate and these puppies need to go back. Like, this isn't fair to anybody and it's dangerous and we need to like, and that's not to say that I don't like husky puppies. Husky puppies rock. They do. I love them. But, oh, this was a... Colleen, save us all. Well, it's also not to say that older couples shouldn't have a dog. I worked with a family a couple years ago where they were both older, and she had osteoporosis, and they got a Labrador Great Dane Mix puppy. And so our challenge was we wanted the puppy to never bump 
or jostle the woman at all right. because she had already broken multiple bones oh. from relatively minor interactions. And one of the things they said to me while we were working with them that absolutely broke my heart is, are we too old for a dog? And I said, no, you're amazing dog people. Amazing dog yes. people. But a little adult dog would have been a really nice addition to their family. They had had dogs all of their lives and they'd had big dogs. So they were excited to add another dog to their family. And they just did what they had done every other time, which was go find a puppy. And they found the world's cutest, massive <laughs> Labrador Great Dane mix. And they loved him and they worked really, really hard with him and and honestly, I don't know at this time if if in the end things all worked out or not. We did a number of lessons and they were still making progress, but it was very, very difficult. And the risk to the woman was very significant because she already had so many health concerns. But they would be a lovely family for a dog. But, but I wouldn't have chosen a puppy for them. And I certainly wouldn't have chosen a large breed puppy for them. Well, and the husky people... She had always wanted a husky. So after we returned the two puppies with gratefulness to the kids for trying to make mom's dream come true, which I thought was great. And then we spent about three months going to breeders until we found the right husky for them that we did bring into their home. He was about an eight-year-old male, fully trained, very stable, very responsible adult dog. And that placement's working great. Like that dog's doing great for them. So I would agree. Often, you know, seniors are fantastic dog owners. They just are maybe not always wanting to enjoy puppy raising. I couldn't agree with you more. I have a couple right now that have a, a lovely little dog. We we have some issues with the dog that we're, we're working on. But what's wonderful about this particular puppy is, is she's small, but um, the husband has had a stroke and she will alert the wife to when her husband is, um, has, is either he's fallen or he needs help or whatever. She's not trained to do it, but she does it anyway. So it, it's not only is this a wonderful um, animated addition to their family, this little puppy is serving a real service as well. And um, so I... Um, I really want to make this work for this couple because this dog is is obviously well loved and really is a critical part of their everyday well-being. So I agree. I think seniors should have dogs. I don't think seniors as Colleen said need to be adopting the largest dog on the planet that they could find. That's maybe not the way to go. But maybe what we also need to talk about is is what's an, I, I was thinking that, like seniors, I think another group that needs to give some serious thought as to whether they want a puppy or not would be the family with young children. You know, the, the family that has uh, two or three kids, ages four and under, maybe that's not the best family to plunk a puppy into. What do you guys think? I, I recently worked with a family who had a tough story. Last fall, the father died unexpectedly. And so for Christmas last year, the relatives had encouraged the mother to get a puppy. And her children were delighted, of course, to get a puppy. And um, what they hadn't taken into account was, so now we have a single mom who's dealing with all of the trauma 
that has happened to their family and with kids who were, I think, seven and five-ish and that the kids didn't have a good understanding of, of puppy behavior and how to interact with puppies and neither did she. They'd not had a dog before, so she wasn't an experienced dog owner. And one day I was talking to her doing a virtual consult because COVID, um, and it had turned out that her children woke up before her and came into her room and took the puppy out of her room so they could play, but it didn't occur to them that the puppy might need a bathroom break. So when she woke up, she found pee and poop in her living room and children going, oh, gross, 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 gross. And she's like, yeah, this was a great idea for the kids and for me. And, you know, like her dog is not fully house trained at I don't know, eight, nine months old, because the level of supervision she's been able to provide has been really challenged. And the level of understanding that her children had about about what is fair or what a dog needs. I mean, her children were not trying to be unkind. They were trying to play with a dog. But the management and training weren't there. If If she had wanted a dog, helping her find an adult dog that was just kind of laid back and easygoing and kind of had some house manners already that would have been a much easier adjustment I think for her and the children um this is a lovely dog and a lovely family but wow does this mom have so much more on her plate than she really bargained for and she can't really change her mind because they all love the dog and it's the gift they got I mean it's a tough spot she's in she's in a really tough spot so, Colleen, for the families that I talk to before they've gotten a puppy or before they've gotten a dog, a lot of times I'm counseling them to consider a dog that's not an itty-bitty, you know, tiny puppy. And I get a lot of pushback. Well, we really want the dog to bond to the kids. And we really want, you know, we don't want baggage. And, like, they give me all the reasons that they think that's a bad idea. Um, and why they want to resist it. And puppies are so cute. Um, do you have any magic for <laughs> for those of us who are trying to give really good counsel um, in that situation? I have no magic whatsoever because I am just as susceptible as everyone else to how cute puppies are and how wonderful it is to have the thought of, you know, starting fresh from scratch and just having things go perfectly all the way and being a perfect member of my household. And I think a lot of people um, don't. Well, first off, I think many people don't really know how to assess dog behavior. And so it can be difficult at times without talking to a dog trainer or a really experienced person at a shelter or rescue to decide which of these dogs would be a good match for my family. So when you're looking at any dog, adult or puppy, um, really recognizing the temperament is the piece we're looking for. A lot of people don't know how to read that. Um, but in terms of talking to people before they get a dog and helping to counsel them to find the right one, the only thing I've ever had any success with is really sort of teaching them to recognize what sociability looks like and encouraging that. And then whatever age dog shows up in their house, hopefully it's a super social one. And then we go from there. How about you, Julie? Have you had any magic words that help people? Um, no, because I usually sound like, say something like, are you joking? Um, you know, which is not helpful. Um, or you got to be kidding. You're going to get. No, I don't actually do that. Um, actually, what I have. I hope not. <laughs> no, I don't. I normally do not go in. It's like, really? Are you flipping nuts? 
Um, because you know, I'm, cause I, I too am susceptible to puppies. I really love them. And I do try to really talk about sociability. So if you're going to get a dog, we really want with a strong social drive if you have kids. But one of the things that, that the only thing I guess that I say to them is, you know, I understand that you don't want a dog that may have some unwelcome baggage, but you know what? Any relationship you have with anyone there's always baggage. Everybody, every person brings something to the table. And even little puppies, because they're not genetically pure, they're not, you know, they're not blank slates. They're going to bring their own puppyhood baggage with them. So, you know, I, I, I get that, but I have seldom found a dog that has a strong social drive that doesn't bond well with a family, no matter what the age of the dog is. And just remember that, Everything has its own baggage of one kind or another. And so a lot of it just depends on what is it you're willing to, uh, to work for. And I will tell you, the, thing that, the, the other thing that I do tell people, I say, you know, I was always a, yeah, I want to get a puppy because I want to raise them from scratch kind of thing. Until I got my first dog that wasn't a puppy. And I'm like, holy cow, this is the way to do it, man. This is so cool. This like housebroken. And, um, don't, we're not going through the biting phase or the teething phase. And I'm not losing a piece of furniture at eight when the puppy's eight months of age. And wow. And, and the dog loves me and I love this dog. And so I actually have been able to convince people simply because my own experience was like, yeah, I get it. I'm right there with you. And like, I, holy cow, I was wrong. And that can be really helpful is when I'm willing to say, yeah, I was kind of the same way. And, and now I see the, the light at the, at the other end of the tunnel. And yet we got a puppy and I don't think, I think Brad and I were just talking the other day. Um, we're not doing puppies again. You know, um, Clementine has been wonderful and we adore her and, and love her to death. She's, a, she's an interesting individual and I'm not sure I want to go through puppy dumb again. And so, um, I think for me, it's just basically admitting my own mistakes and uh, realizing and letting people know, you know, like even dog trainers make mistakes. And, and I've learned my lesson. And really, seriously, you need to think about this because it's, it's a great way to go. How about you, Tina? You got magic words? Maybe not magic, but a little bit of glitter or something stuck to it, probably from a Christmas card. So um, I talk... I- Talk in terms of, okay, whether we're looking at a puppy or an adult dog, what are the attributes that the perfect dog in your family would have? And then typically as we make this substantial list, right, we want sociability, like everybody's got their piece that they want to add to the puzzle. Um, I talk about a lot of times that one of the advantages of an adult dog um, one of the reasons we adopted um, Al, the pug, was because we had really specific characteristics and attributes that we needed in order to have it work well in our home. And so if I had gotten a puppy, I would have been buying potential down the road three years, right? Like we're not going to know who that puppy is until it grows up. And by adopting a you know five-year-old pug, who was in rescue, the, you know, is he boldly imperfect? Yes, but he's boldly imperfect in predictable, knowable ways that when those 
um, things were presented to us, we were able to navigate and say, okay, well, that would not be a problem. Um, and I'll give a different example. When when our daughter was uh, 13, she we wanted to go get a Doberman. And the Doberman we got was about 18 months old. And he his placement has had disrupted from a placement with very, very young children and very, very young children wigged him out. But we didn't have any very, very young children. We had a child who was a little bit closer to adulthood. And so Gus just thought she was the nuts from the very beginning. And I kind of can't imagine her growing up without him. So um, I'm, I might not. And, and he had been a puppy in that first home. They had an adult Doberman. They got him as a puppy. And the kids just overwhelmed him a lot and scared him. And that's how he ended up in rescue. Everyone's just nodding at me. <laughs> yeah, that's just good. I was just about to say the same thing. Um, this is not, we, we should probably put uh, blurbs in there, like nodding, nodding, nodding. Um, one of the things that, that I was going to say, too, um, I had a recent call. Um, somebody had gotten a puppy and then decided that they were going to add another puppy because they thought it would be a great idea. And um, if one puppy is really hard, two puppies is not double the exhaustion. It's more like quadruple the exhaustion and difficulty. Because what I tried to remind people is that this is, you're not just adding one more personality. You're adding one more personality that's interacting with every other personality in the household. So this is a multiple effect when you add another dog. And there's a lot of, and, and she said to me, because I've been, I, I'm thinking that maybe this is a bad, I've been reading on the internet a lot. And everybody says, this seems to be a really bad idea to add another puppy when my other puppy's only 12 weeks old. And what do you think? And I said, well, I think one of the reasons why all the experts are saying that is because it really is kind of a bad idea. And um, so that's one of the things I wanted to say too, is, is, is that if you want to add, if, if you have a dog in the house and you want to add another dog because you really feel that need for more than one dog, um, you might want to um, give some thought to how old the dog is that you have and whether or not a puppy would be a good addition. I have another family right now whose dog was eight years old and they added a puppy and he's like, I want nothing to do with this dog. So, but he was much more, but he's much more amiable with older dogs. So that's another scenario in which you might want to think about whether or not a puppy is really the way to go, because who knows how your current dog may feel about puppies. So when we're talking about those attributes, one of the things I say to families too, is it's not just about the kids, right? It's not about your kids. And about their friends when we're all allowed to move around again and have friends um, and have social interaction. It's also about your parents and potentially grandparents, aunts and uncles, right? Um, dogs have to wear an awful lot of hats and deal with a lot, awful lot of variability. But it, I see this evident in families kind of across the board that sometimes maybe the kids are you know, 10, 11, 12, and a puppy's okay with that. That's going pretty well. But now, you know, grandma has osteoporosis and uses a walker and this really cute puppy is getting caught up under her feet and we're worried she's going to fall and really seriously hurt herself. So 
Um, I don't know. Puppies, puppies are tough. I had my last puppy in, well, when Marco was a puppy, so seven years ago. And maybe puppy class cures me. I get my puppy fix and I get to send them home. <laughs> you mean um, kind of like having grandkids. You know, puppy class is a lot like having grandkids. You know, it's like I get my fix of children and then I get to send them home. Same thing with puppy so class. So one family that was thinking about getting a puppy, this was pre-COVID, um, we got, that's what I actually encouraged them to do. I encouraged them to come to puppy class before they got the puppy. And having watched and interacted with an hour, for an hour, with a whole bunch of different, you know, puppies who all had adult humans attached to them and talking to all the moms and dads, they decided to go get a little bit older dog. And we we were totally able to do that. We were able to get the breed group they wanted and all we checked all of the boxes and it was so much easier. So one of the things I've seen with with families with puppies is often I'm getting the call after something, a series of some things have occurred that have made mom and dad kind of, I don't know, lose faith and trust in themselves, right? Things are really, really sideways and really, really difficult, kind of like the case Colleen was talking about earlier. And I just, I often think how like, okay, we could have done this a different way with even a little bit older puppy, a puppy that's 18 months old that we could have navigated a little bit more easily. And I just, I'm never going to be on the the team of somebody feeling less like proud and I don't know, confident about their skills. Like they're all really great parents. This is really just that hard. Yeah. I think um, one thing that we, probably need to make clear here because I'm starting to feel like like we don't even like puppies and we totally love puppies like we are all huge puppy fans that live in your house someone else's house not ours um and and I've had puppies and I've loved living with them in my house I had the last puppy I had was when my children were two four and seven and I vividly remember regularly thinking, what have I done? What have I done? I adored that dog. Everything turned out fine. We had a lovely long life together, but wow, the beginning was tough. Um, Puppies, because we are dog trainers and because we often get the calls when things are not working, we're not saying it can't be done. It absolutely can be. What we're saying is look at your life and see how much time and energy you want to put into training and managing and watching and setting situations up for success. And I adopted a dog in July who we think is about six. And I haven't trained her to do anything because she's just so easy. I mean, honestly, my dog does not know how to sit like on cue. Like if I say sit, nothing will happen. She won't know what I'm talking about. I'm not kidding. That's a little embarrassing. I just admitted that on a podcast, but she's just super easy going. There's a huge advantage to that because I was not in a state right now where I had the time and energy and mental focus to dedicate to a puppy. I was, I had projects that I didn't want to be interrupted with on a moment's notice. Now, anything can happen. Any living creature can interrupt my project at a moment's notice, but an adult human or cat or dog is less likely to do so than an infant. <laughs> and there are no infants in my life at the moment. And I kind of like it that way. 
I do love the infants, but they don't. I'm not choosing to have I, one I in my life completely. at the moment. Right. No, and I do absolutely. I do too. Yeah, I love puppies, and and I'm I'm crazy fortunate that I get to help lots and lots of families um, navigate those waters. I would say it is the rare family that navigates those waters without kind of losing it at some point about how difficult it is. Um, and I don't see that. So kind of like your case with adopting your, your kiddo, I don't see that when we're placing adult dogs. Like, honestly, most of the time when I'm helping them match the right dog to the right family, they don't even use my services, which, you know, is probably a ter- like I'm a terrible business owner, but it's, if I do my job right, if I'm guiding them well, they're finding uh, like the Prince Charming in dog form for their family. And ideally that's such a good fit that it's just like Snoopy and Charlie Brown from the beginning. And they can, they still have to supervise. They still have to, you know, somebody's got to clean up after the dog and somebody's got to feed the dog and all of those things. But most families I experience going into a puppy, they know they're going to have to do all that stuff. It's all the extra that you kind of forget about between puppy raising. Yeah. You know, if you and you can say- plan for you know, feeding the dog and walking the dog, you can know when to expect those with an adult trained dog. So your family can say, oh, well, after you do your homework, then you're going to, you know, go take right. care of the dog. But with and a puppy, it's wait. like, oh, wait now. <laughs> right, right. So back to your scenario earlier with the kiddos who were trying to love on their dog. If they had gotten a six-year-old dog or a four-year-old dog out of the crate, the chances that that dog would have immediately had to move its bowel and bladder is pretty low. And the dog probably would have signaled and reminded the children like, hey, 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 the going potty piece is important. Um, So it's, yeah, we love puppies. Like, go ahead, get puppies. The more puppies, the merrier. Just be happy about it because it's, and be warned that it's a little bit more difficult way to, yeah, to go I, about I, it. I agree with everything that you're saying. I too adore puppies. Um, you know, that's a good part of my business model. So, you know, yay for that. But um yeah, it's it's one of those things what I what I try to tell people is 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 do get as much information as you can. And it's a little bit, I don't know, like giving birth. It's kind of like you forget how much pain there's involved in giving birth between children. It's like, oh right, going to labor and delivery. Now I kind of remember but uh, getting a puppy is a little bit like that. Like, oh, that's right. I forgot about that part and the, you know, the getting up in the middle of the night. And the other thing is I find with most puppies that each one of them brings their own. I may have raised a, a puppy, a, you know, a golden retriever puppy, and we did great. But now I have a flat coat puppy or I have a Weimaraner or I have a King Charles Cavalier. And it brings its own set of problems that may or may not be something I dealt with before, just like with children. Each one of my children is different and, and presented me with different challenges. Every puppy's going to present you with different challenges. So I think if you go into it kind of knowing that, but I think a lot of families think in terms of, we really want a puppy to grow up with the kids. We want one to last through their childhood. 
And I understand that. But then I had one same thing. So we had this vision of the puppy and the kids all growing up together and romping through the fields. And they're like, and it's a whole lot of work. And I said, yeah. Well, and they don't really get to play. I mean, are there any children who like being chewed on by a 10-week-old puppy with razor-sharp teeth? No. Right? So so for me, like, the, the goal is I want kids to absolutely be in a lifelong love affair with dogs. I want mom and dad to have a lifelong love affair with dogs. And I want dogs to have a lifelong love affair with other dogs and people. Like, that's my dream, right? Well, if if it takes, let's say your puppy get up today in six months, they might no longer be chewing on your children. Well, that <laughs> six months of biting your kids is probably not fostering anyone's lifelong love affair, right? It's just putting us up off puppies <laughs> and dogs, right? Now the kids don't want to help with the puppy. So, I mean, and again, older kids, you betcha, like they, they rock it out. And right now I'm going to, I'm going to big do a big old shout out and we're going to, I'm going to invite them again onto the podcast. I have a family right now that has an 11 year old little boy. They are raising a German shepherd puppy. Shout out to Ruthie, the wonder puppy. Um, this family, Jeff and little Samuel and hope have done the most extraordinary job raising a puppy. I have ever witnessed in my career. It's unbelievable. And they will tell you it's difficult. And they're being masterful at it. So, yeah, like, I, I guess some sometimes this is the kind of stuff I discuss with a family. And I say, I'll support you no matter what you decide. Like, I'll make more money if you get a puppy. There's that, right? <laughs> Not that that's why I'm doing it. You're going to need me more. But, and it's funny how many come to me and say, you know, I wish you would have been more forceful about telling me not to get a puppy. And I'm like, okay, was there anything anything I could have said (laughs) that I didn't say? Because it's, I mean, I'm not an, I'm not the boss. Absolutely not. This is a terrible idea. Like we joke that we would say that we, we don't say that. I just sometimes my heart aches oh, a little I, bit I, I get that. I think some of it goes with cognitive bias, too, of how much we can absorb. And so if somebody tells us that something something bad idea, but we have our heart set on it, or we don't hear that information without a filter. Like, it is coming in distorted. Right. I'm often saying, like, the heart wants what the heart wants. The vulnerability might we consider the dog that's sitting in rescue who without any baggage no fault of their own has lost their family is that something that maybe we can consider if that's a known commodity um i don't know about you guys i see a ton of resource guarding in golden retrievers that's crazy dangerous with kids and So guess what? If we go to rescue, they're going to ideally, we're going to be able to test and know, does that dog have resource guarding? Where with a puppy, we, we don't, 
we don't always know that that's going to come about. Yeah, I, I think that that it, it, I think you're right. There's a there's a cognitive bias. Like this is what I want to do, and you're telling me it's a bad idea. I mean, I, I don't want to hear that. But I also think too, as you're saying, Tina, I think there is breed bias. I think I how many how many times have you heard? Oh, golden retriever is the quintessential family dog, and. In some ways, yeah, but gold IVAG is the experience too. They're, they can be terrible resource guarders, and that is very dangerous in a small and fa- in, in a family with small children. And it's it's hard to express that to people. You're right, and we don't know exactly if that's going to develop. And you know, it could be that you didn't do anything wrong, and the puppy's a resource guarder. But it could also be right. too that well, you, you, he he had tendencies in that direction, and the way in which he was handled just encouraged that. It can work both ways. So yeah, there's there's some issues with I think some breed bias as well. Um, people, I would never get you know a Doberman around a kid. Well, I don't know. I've seen some pretty beautiful Doberman puppies. <laughs> And some, you know, they were just great with kids. So I think that we do have these prejudices that need to be um, perhaps addressed. And I think when you're dealing with an older dog, it's a lot easier to say, well, let's find out what this dog is like. Let's find out what his personality or her personality is is like and whether that meshes with you. And that's going to be a little bit easier to assess with an adult dog than with a puppy. Tina and I had so much fun with Colleen that we went way long, so we decided to break this one into two manageable parts. So this is the end of part one. We hope you'll stay tuned for part two of Colleen Pilar on whether or not you ought to get a puppy or an adult dog. Should be fun. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Your Family Dog. Got questions? Interesting idea? Visit www.yourfamilydogpodcast.com to share your thoughts.